Hello. It is Thursday, January 16th, 2020. And I can't believe it's not Friday yet. I'm really tired. <laughs> it's one more day. <laughs> Just one, one more day. day. So uh, we got a lot of topics for you guys. Um, I know Mick is dying to rip Elizabeth Warren a new asshole <laughs> because she tried to pull some shady she, ass shit. Yes. It's absolutely awful. I watched that shit on Twitter and I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, this is like, is rehearsed as an episode of the Kardashians. This is awful. Um, Before we get into all that, I wanted to touch on two things just because I read about them this week and the other one was a film I watched and I thought they were really interesting that you guys might be interested in. So to start, everybody knows about the wildfires that are going on in Australia uh, the bushfires, I mean, um, and they're awful, and there's, like, all these horrible pictures of all these animals and, you know, all this terrible stuff that comes along with it. So I thought I would touch on a good news story uh, surrounding the Australian bushfires. So this is from Good News Network. I actually saw it on Facebook, but then I wanted to get it from a reliable source to read it to the podcast. So more than 220 sheep saved from Australian bushfires after heroic pup herds them to safety. Okay, so this one dog, um, a herding dog named Patsy, um, herded these sheep to safety on the morning of New Year's Eve. And uh, there's just a picture over here, and she's adorable. And I was just like, Aww. wow, out of all the awful shit to have to hear about with these yes. fires, like, pupper saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing actually was this documentary. It's like a three-part thing. I think every episode's only like an hour, but honestly, I couldn't tell you. I was so into it, I really didn't even notice how much time was passing. But it's on Netflix right now, and it's called Don't Fuck With Cats, right? Mm. Crazy. I don't know if you've seen this or not yet, Mm -mm. but it's about the um, story of, what's his name? Luca Mignotta. It's this guy who committed a murder, but it started out that um, he like tortured these animals, killed these animals on tape and put them on the internet. So these group of people who have, like, no experience or background in police work get together on Facebook in this group, and they just dissect this video. Like, looking at packs of cigarettes, the wall outlet that you see for a brief second, like, trying to figure out where in the world this guy is. Right, right, right. So they figure it out, and -hmm. they try to let authorities know because they're like, this guy is murdering animals, like, in vicious ways. And he's going to become a serial killer. Well, no one listens to him. And then eventually, he does kill someone on tape. And then they chase him all around the world, um, trying to find him. And he had all these really weird things, like in the video he made of him murdering this guy, there's a poster of Casablanca. So then, like, when he fled the country, he was in Canada, when he fled the country, they were like, where would he be going? And these people who were on this internet group were like, it's a sign, like, Casablanca, he's going to go to Paris. Because at the end of the movie, she says, there will always be Paris or whatever. So they go to Paris, and there he is. Holy but shit. they don't find him there. They can't catch him there. He escapes them. And finally, they end up capturing him in Germany. Um, and it, like, ends the whole thing. But, like, dude, you just... I know I kind of ruined it if you if you were planning on watching it. Um, I'll put in the description that's got spoiler alerts to <laughs> avoid this part if you want to watch it. But, um... Well, I mean, it's still interesting. It was so... Just like I mean, Dark this, Waters. If, like, even if you if know you what the watch story it, is, it's still interesting. And you watch what these people who have no experience in police work do. Right. The way that they break thing down, things right. down and work together. I mean, it was it disgusted me that when they contacted well, that's the police the, that's that no one listened to That's just a story of human motivation. Like, you know, Lorenzo's Oil was a true story. Where, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, the parents... He tried to find the cure yeah. for... Uh, what did he have? 
Oh. Was it Lou Gehrig? No. no. Gehrig. Hold on. I can't remember. It's terrible. But yeah, he had a disease and his parents basically just kind of researched on their own, determined to find a cure. It was his dad, yeah. His dad, yeah. Wanted to find a cure for him. And it's just unbelievable what he would made motivation to do. But there was another, I saw a, a documentary about that on YouTube as well, about a, um, it was, uh, I believe in Somalia, there were some soldiers who took a woman and a baby and a toddler and shot them and killed them. And in the video, it's like a cell phone video, and you see him walking with this woman, and this she's got one baby kind of like wrapped in a cloth to her body, like how they wrap the baby to their body, and then the other one is walking. And anyways, like like they assassinated these people. And so when people got hold of the video, they did the same thing. They looked at the terrain, the mountains in the background. They looked at the type of uniform the soldiers had on, and there was this big investigation to try and determine like, when this happened they looked at shadows to determine like once they figured out where it was at like what time of year it was who was in that area at the time i mean it was insane it was yeah. like it was like a forensic dissection that's what these people of this did. video but you know it just pissed me off because these people went all through this work and then when they tried to contact the police they just ignored them right and it's like honestly the blood is on their hands because if they just would have followed up on it and listened to these people i mean i get that they probably have a lot of things to do and you don't have time to but these people had legitimate you know, research into this. Right. If they would have looked into this and found this kid before he left Canada, they could have prevented that guy being murdered. Right. So that's crazy. But anyway, yeah, Lorenzo's oil that was ALD, adrenoleukodystrophy, super rare neurological disease. That's what it was. Okay. I had to look it up. But anyway, so that was all I had to start this off. I just was amazed when I watched this documentary, and a lot of people recommended it to me, and I was just like. We'll have to get the links for that and also the one that I saw and, like, link them up on our um, – put them on the, our Twitter. Yeah. And in the description so you guys can check those out. For sure. So our topic today is lies. Filthy lies. Dirty fucking liars. <laughs> reminds me of Invader Zim. Yes. Filthy lies. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the world's full of lies. We know this. But, like, our critical thinking skills have got to come into play because not only are there upfront lies but there's all kind of subliminal lies there's lies of omission there's all kind of different ways to lie and it's just lies are just flying as the election season goes on it's only gonna get worse so um the first lie i'm going to talk about because i'm super heated is elizabeth warren's lies about bernie saying that bernie told her that a woman could never be president and CNN has obviously been running the story because they hate Bernie and they're always trying to bash Bernie. They hide poll numbers when Bernie's ahead. They do everything they can to try to hurt Bernie. And, you know, Bernie supporters do have a chip on her shoulder about it a little bit because we just get sick and tired of the bias. And um, so what happened with Elizabeth Warren was allegedly, okay, Bernie was you know when people call you to give you a poll to ask you questions on a political poll they're given kind of a script so when they're talking to the callers or trying to get information from the callers but also they're trying to obviously steer that person to see why bernie would be a good candidate for them so according to what happened with the story was that some of the dialogue that was in these scripts was supposed to be that the negatives for Elizabeth Warren was that she couldn't, um, you know, beat Trump. Well, 
I tried to find the story on this and the one story that I found was um, let's see here yeah which first of all what exactly is she claiming he said did she claim that he well, said a woman can't beat Trump it's changed over time because the first the first thing that came out was that the script was saying that she couldn't beat Trump but what the script actually said even in the article from Politico, which is which, what I was trying to find, it was a Politico article. Um, so maybe you can see if you can find it from what I'm talking about. So it's a Politico article, and it says at the beginning of the article, Bernie team admits that script was anti-Warren. So then I'm like reading the story, and I'm like, okay, well, if Bernie admits it, like I'm not going to sit here and defend it. If somebody said something they shouldn't have or the script was written negatively, I'm not going to defend that. I love Bernie, but if there's hardcore proof that something was said about her that's, that's wrong... I'm not going to defend that. So when you read... uh, This is from Politico.com News from two days ago. Sanders camp admits anti-Warren script was deployed in multiple early states. Right. So then when you scroll down and you actually read the article, the supposedly anti-Warren statements amounted to the pollsters telling the callers that most of the people that come out to support Elizabeth Warren are more educated, like white women voters, and and they're going to vote Democrat no matter who the candidate is. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to broaden the base. So to beat Trump, you have to broaden the Democratic, you have to pull more voters out. Because the reason Hillary lost, according to most of the people who've done an autopsy of that election, was because people didn't come out to vote for her. Now, we on the progressive side know why, because she was a horrible candidate, but they're tr- the Democrats are trying not to lose to Trump by getting all their people to come out and vote. How do you do that? You broaden the base. So to say that most people that vote for Warren are affluent white women, that's not a slam on her, and it certainly doesn't mean that she can't beat Trump. It's just, He's just saying... And they've attacked Bernie on his electability from day one. This is exactly what they said was the campaign pulled back the script, which described Warren's appeal as limited to the highly educated and financially well off. Later on Saturday, after the story published, Sanders initially appeared to blame the controversy on rogue employees. We have hundreds of employees. Elizabeth Warren has hundreds of employees and people sometimes say things that they shouldn't. Sanders said Sunday in Iowa, his press aides never denied the documents let's see yeah they didn't deny the do- the script because if you the listen to the script it's not there's nothing wrong with it sanders ability to beat president donald trump in a general election but one page included attacks on the electability of warren as well as joe biden and pete Buttigieg, which should tell you right there that it's not because she's a woman it's just because they're the people he's running against but i also want to mention this this politico website that posted this article about bernie um is has two ads literally right next to each other giant ads that take up 95 percent of the page for pete Buttigieg. <laughs> well right and also if you just search politico and bernie every article the politico has done that i when i search for that article to find out i didn't even search for politico i just searched bernie admits because somebody had cropped on their twitter page bernie admits that script was anti-warn and i was like all right well i got to dig this out but the, but it was cut off it was just, it didn't tell which 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 uh newspaper printed it so i just had to search for what the headline said bernie admits anti-warren script and up comes this politico article but along with that was like six other anti-bernie politico stories so politico to me you know i haven't sat down and looked at every single story they've done on bernie but if you search for one bernie story and six other ones come up and they're all negative 
Politico's probably smearing Bernie. That's all I'm saying. So anyways, point being, the script, what they say the script actually said was not anything horrible about Elizabeth Warren. So then, and they say, well, he doesn't deny the script. Well, why would he deny the script? The script, there's nothing wrong with the script. So, you know, let's see some actual facts here. Let Show me a copy of a script where Bernie, Bernie was telling his people to say something negative about Warren. Because I know a lot of people inside the Bernie camp. And their theory was it would be bad politically for Bernie to attack Warren in any way, shape, or form. Because she's a woman, he's a man, it's going to be blown out of, Plus, out of the water. How is it not, I, I don't know how people watch the 2016 elections go on and watched the things that the Clintons said about Bernie and the things that Trump said about Bernie, and he never stooped to that level. I mean, literally at the debates, Hillary and Trump were back and forth arguing so much, bickering, name-calling, whatever, mm -hmm. that there was, like, nothing talked about. In that entire election, I never saw Bernie stoop to that level. No. I mean, that was kind of his platform on the whole thing, right. was I'm just not going to stoop to that level. Right. So kind of pulling this on him just seems unbelievable to it is unbelievable with. and the two of them had, had from what i understand had formed kind of a truce like they wouldn't go after each other right they yeah. would stick to the issues whatever not be negative right so after this whole thing came out she was questioned about what actually you know happened and she said well i don't want to really go into it too much but what she could have said was, Bernie and I are friends, and I've known Bernie for years, and Bernie would never say a woman couldn't be president. But she didn't say that. Right. What she did was, she went back to a conversation she allegedly had with Bernie, like, uh, some time ago, and said that he told her that a woman couldn't beat Trump. Which, honestly, even if he did say that, I, I don't understand what the big deal about that is either. If that's the truth, if the demographic of people, you know, says that if we have the you know, option to vote for a woman or vote for Trump, we're going to vote for Trump, as wrong as that may be, if that's the truth, right? then that's what it is. You're right about that. But the problem with the establishment Democratic Party is they are so freaking hung up on identity politics. You know, when I saw this stuff breaking out, I was so mad. I looked at your brother and I said, hey, did you know we have a vagina running for president? And he was like, what? I'm like, we got a vagina running for president. He, he just looked, looked at me and I said, well, apparently Elizabeth Warren thinks if you have a vagina that you should be president because what she's saying is like vote for me because you know I'm the only vagina up here I mean it's so ridiculous yeah I don't care if you're a woman a man black white Asian I, I don't care tell me what your freaking policies are and the problem with Elizabeth Warren is she jumped on the progressive train because she saw Bernie was roaring up behind her and Joe Biden right and he was gaining steam while the two of them were losing steam right and when Kim, yeah, I don't. If anybody can't see that, she totally started ripping off Bernie's platform. Uh, oh, 100%. Shortly after the 2016 elections, which is like fine, whatever. I don't care. The more people that are on board with the same ideas, I'm right. absolutely for. But I don't believe she's genuine. Exactly. And just the way that she's acting, like I get that. You know, all candidates have done things to try to connect. Well, I, I should say all of the people on the Democratic side have done things to try to connect with younger people like millennials and they all do these stupid things. But the whole, when the thing started with, um, oh, donate to Elizabeth Warren, win a chance to have a beer with her and I'm blah, oh, blah, blah. And so I'm just like, this is stupid. This is so fucking pandering that I'm actually offended. Yeah. Like, do you think that if you hold some contest or some bullshit and agree to have a beer with me that that means i'll automatically vote for you because i'm like oh you're so cool like what the fuck do you take me for 
How insulting right. is that? And I can't believe that anybody else my age is falling into this like, oh, I'm going to vote for Elizabeth Warren because she's so down to earth and cool. Like, no, fuck that. That's right. insulting. And you know what? Here, here's what it is. Like, if you're a police officer and you watch a movie that involves police officers, like going into a house or some shit, you're going to be sitting there going, yeah, that's the, we, we, we wouldn't do that. That's not. If you've been a firefighter and you watch Chicago Fire, you're going to be like, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's not what we do. So Elizabeth Warren is not a progressive. She was playing one on TV. Right. And she, she and all the progressives were kind of like trying to actually give her half a shot. Like maybe she has had a conversion. We shouldn't be too hard on her, whatever. And a lot of them were talking about maybe Bernie would get her as his vice, his vice president. If he got the nomination, maybe he'd pick her as his vice president. Like there was no like um, serious animosity against her, but she was trying to get on the progressive train because she knew that's where the party is really like having energy, right? But at some point, she started slipping into polls. She realized she was not ever going to beat Bernie on being more left, more on the left than him. So she decided to have her moment. And this is what I say. All these politicians have their moment when they know that this is it. This is it for me. I'm slipping. With Beto, it was, I'm going to take everybody's guns. Remember that? Yeah, I know. And when all my friends started freaking out about that, like, I can't believe he said that. And I'm like, this is what you call, um, like, trying to go out with... The uh, last ditch attempt. Yeah, like, it's like trying to go out with a burst instead of yeah. just fading away. It's like, um, you know, you're gone. So you might as well just throw everything. In. It's going exactly. all in. He it's going went, all in. He, he went, went all in on the gun thing and pff, didn't work for him. Kamala Harris had her staged moment when she said, I was that little girl and that that she, it failed yeah okay she had her moment in the sun and then she failed that that's what happens to them they get that one they have to figure out some way to really just try and do and this was this was this right now is elizabeth warren's attempt to throw Bar- bernie under the bus and it's really pathetic and sad and for people who say well he started it no he didn't start it because whatever was said on those phone calls has not been proven to be anti-warren right first of all warren it's 2020. If you're going to pull some claims against somebody, show up with some fucking receipts. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Don't come out here making all these false claims. Like, I mean, it would be the same thing if he turned around and said that she said a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff. Like, if you don't have any proof. Right. Then what is there? Right. It's exactly. just, it's, it's, it's. And as far all... as the hot, hot mic bullshit, like I put this on Twitter to people. That Such bullshit. It is so much bullshit. Because if you remember back in 2016, Donna Brazil got the questions, the debate questions from CNN, because she was a comment, commenter for CNN, commentator, whatever you call them, for CNN. And somebody inside the camp gave Donna Brazil the debate questions, and she gave them to Hillary. So Hillary had, and it all came out later, but it was like CNN was like, here, you know, pass these to Hillary so she can have one up on everybody at the debate. And this is the same bullshit. CNN, with his hot mic stuff, Elizabeth Warren planned to go up and confront Bernie and then all of a sudden today, it's like, oh, uh, the mic was hot, and we're going to release audio that was not previously available. No, it was fucking available. Which kind of backfired on them anyway, because she tries to confront him on stage, and he's just like, no. Well, first of all, this isn't an appropriate place to talk about this. Like, we'll talk about this later. And, but then he's like, you know, I can't believe you would even. And then he's like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not doing this right now. And I'm just like, 
good. Don't get baited into it because exactly. I almost think that she did that. She did do it. Thinking that he would be like, are you serious? Like you're yeah. double crossing me right. right now and right. freak out on her. But he didn't. I mean, if you stop and think about it, this person that says that they're your friend, that you have an actual belief and trust in. And Bernie is like, to me, seems like a really hardcore, like heartfelt in it he's in it for for the truth of what it is, a thing is so he he believes warren's his friend right and then she does this to him and goes on tv and says that he told her that a woman could never be present when there's like 30 years worth of video saying Ber- bernie saying that any woman could be president you know it, it was pathetic and it had to ha- actually hurt that man that she was that cutthroat and then to come up and confront him she fully expected that bernie would say something angry at her and then mm. she could play the victim to everybody right. look how mean bernie acted a man attacking a woman this is all she has left yep and i will never vote for elizabeth warren i would have considered her i actually yeah up until this point i was like listen bernie doesn't get the primary and she happens to get it i'll vote for her i yeah, will but right. at this point i'm just like nope fuck she you. Is you are on, you are blacklisted now okay scum to me and you know, somebody said, well, she's hoping that she's going to hitch her wagon to Joe Biden. Go ahead, do whatever, because I wouldn't vote for him either. So maybe we'll get, you know, four more years to Trump. I don't know. But if the Democrats can't get their heads out of their asses, they deserve to lose to Trump. And if we end up in a dictatorship, all I can say is thanks, thanks Democrats. guys. Yeah, exactly. Because they want to throw it all off We're on t- the Bernie people. We have to stop with this, oh, blame the people who won't just go along with the corrupt Democrats. Exactly. No. We're demanding that the Democratic Party get their shit together and stop being corrupt Mm -hmm. or we're not giving you our vote and you can continue to lose and be without power. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's over. And you know, I mean, Tom Steyer, okay, he's a billionaire, but... I know they were laughing though in that video after she like supposedly confronted him when she was hot mic and then Tom Steyer was like, (laughs) tried to come say hi to Bernie. And he kind of like just blew him (laughs) off a little bit. People were like, what did Tom Steyer do to Bernie? (laughs) Somebody commented on it and was like... Uh, Bernie has made it pretty clear from the start that like billionaires are not his type. So <laughs> just like, yeah. So no, but I think that. he was just upset and he just was trying to not react, which is hard for him. And I just think he just, you know, walked away. So I don't know if you saw this after this Elizabeth Warren bad acting catastrophe, um, that it started trending on Twitter, hashtag refund Warren. Oh yeah. So lots of people on Twitter were posting that um, that they had donated to the Bernie campaign, donated to the Warren campaign, donated a lot of places. But after she did this and basically, um, you know, drew the line, like you can't like us both. Uh, she's making people choose sides basically with this little, little thing she wanted to pull. So it started uh, trending on Twitter, the hashtag refund Warren, which people who donated to her through the ActBlue platform were requesting refunds. And lots of people got refunds from the donations that they sent her because they're just like, no, we, this is exactly what we don't support. So mm-hmm. if you're going to pull this shit, we're done. <laughs> and I, I want to see. I haven't seen a number yet. Oh, yeah, man. But I am so hoping them. to see how much people got refunded because yeah. she did this. And it's just the thing to me is that when this shit happened in 2016 and Hillary, you know, when the DNC decided it was Hillary's turn to be president, they didn't give a shit about what the people wanted. You know, Bernie in the Democratic primary won all 55 counties in West Virginia. But the Democratic Party of West Virginia decided Hillary should get the nomination. So, you know, when you have an establishment that's literally telling you we don't care about you, we don't care what you want, they're, they're going to fail. 
you know, and I wrote an article for Op-Ed News um, this morning and posted it, and it's, it's headlined on Op-Ed News if you guys want to check it out. But it's basically a story of self-destruction, and it's how the Democrat, Democratic Party is just destroying itself. So, you know, they can try to place the blame on, you know, the, the progressive left people, but hey, you know, take a look in the mirror. That's all I have to say. So... Warren's lies, and now we're going to go on to Trump's lies. Uh, Lev Parnas, if you remember when we were talking about the whole Ukraine scandal and the impeachment and all that stuff, um, I felt like the story was not really focused appropriately because of Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman being indicted in the Southern District of New York. And the reason I said that is because these were the people who were going around donating to all these Republican candidates and trying to get them to um, help out as far as influencing Trump to get rid of uh, Yovanovitch, the ambassador in Ukraine, who was responsible for combating corruption. And my feeling was that it not only had to do with Joe Biden and, and them trying to get information on Joe Biden, but it also has to do with a natural gas company in Ukraine because there's so much money and power involved in these gas lines and who, what, com- what company, what country, sorry, what country uh, owns the gas and also the pipelines and the transportation methods through other countries to, you know, basically affect the sale. So everybody's like, oh yeah, Iraq was about oil, but natural gas and other you know, important industries play a big part in all this stuff. So anyways, um, Lev Parnas went on Rachel Maddow and gave this interview that is just completely devastating. He talks, I mean, remember when I told you he got arrested, he had 18 electronic devices on him that, you know, he turned over and, or they took them when he was arrested. And he claimed that there was information on there that, you know, had to do with the impeachment hearings and he wanted to cooperate. Okay, so yeah, his ass is in a sling, but he can't go back on those devices and just make up shit. There was stuff on there. And so um, he went on Rachel Maddow, please go and watch the interview. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But basically he says Trump knew about everything that was going on. Uh, Giuliani was in charge of of the uh, whole operation. Um, They had people watching Yovanovitch inside the embassy, her comings and goings. There's a a congressman, or or he's running for Congress, I think, up in Connecticut. Or did he win? Is he a congress? I think he is a congressman. His name's Hyde. But he was in communication with uh, old Parnas about Yovanovitch's movements inside and outside the embassy. So they were kind of like stalking her. And there was one text message that said that... um, you know, there's there's contacts in the country, and they said they want to know a price. And I've heard you can get anything done in Ukraine if you have the money. So that's kind of being interpreted by some people as they were they were talking about putting a hit on her. I mean, this stuff is this is just absolutely crazy. Um, he also talks about a Russian oligarch by the name of Fiertash. Fiertash is under indictment, and uh, in, also in New York, and. Lev Parnas alleges that he went to Fiertash and Fiertash is like such a high up mobster that you like not everybody can you can't just walk in and talk to this guy like you have to have connections to even get like a a, you know a conversation with the guy so but because Parnas was involved with people 
um, I guess he was the connection there. And he says that he was to go to Fiertash and say, if you can get me information on Biden, we'll make this indictment that you're under in New York go away. I mean, this is craziness. There is so much information here. And this is why the Senate doesn't want to call witnesses because they don't want all this information to come out. Now, it's already out there on TV, but I, I can almost guarantee you that it's Fox News ain't going to cover it. But um, the two lawyers that are these super hardcore right, right-wingers um, were going to be hired to represent... Um, I think it was Fiertas they were going to represent, but the, let me see, what's her, I'll post the links to that later, but please, anyways, go and watch the Rachel Maddow interview, because it he has notes, he has all the names of people, the dates, the places, the times, and he says when Pence was going to go over there for the inauguration, that was a big deal, because Zelensky, you know, having a contact with somebody in the United States is actually bigger than the aid money was. And that that was an extremely important thing was for his inauguration to have somebody there. And Pence, you know, uh, canceled his trip because they wouldn't announce this investigation into Biden. So I'm telling you, Parnas, he's got all the info, so they definitely need to call him out. And funny enough, Trump's defense is that he doesn't know him. Right. There's all kind of pictures. I mean, they're talking about, um, you know, on Twitter, I was just scrolling through because Fred Trump is trending right now because Mm -hmm. Lev Parnas sold condos for Fred Trump when he was 16, uh, about the same time that Trump was starting to sell stuff for his dad. Um, And they have proof that Parnas and Fruman have dined with Trump at the White House. I mean, there's tons of pictures of them all together. Um, So apparently we can just lie about things we literally have photographic evidence of. (laughs) Right. Well, and Trump says, well, I have pictures with everybody. Well, that's a pretty lame defense. Um, and now Devin Nunes are still trying to get to the bottom of his phone calls with, with uh, Lev Parnas. So it's, it's a story that's unfolding. But there's a lot of lies on that one, too, that's about to come out. So the next lies we're going to talk about are these drones that are happening out in Colorado. I don't know if anybody's seen this, but if you just go on to YouTube... You will see a lot of these. There's even a Facebook page. It's called Drones Over Colorado. People in Colorado and the northeastern part of Colorado specifically have been seeing these formations of drones. There's multiple drones flying at the same time. These are large drones, approximately six foot across. These are not like little toy drones. These are like big drones. And there's multiple. Some people have seen like as many as 20 of them, you know, flying in some kind of grid formation over their property so the the calls began to come into local law enforcement about hey there's these drones are flying over my property like what the heck's going on who's operating these and the local authorities were like eh, we don't know so um you know the citizens got really upset because they're like this is continuing night after night after night after night they're flying these drones at night we can't see any markings on them we don't know who they are they're flying over our property what are they doing And I think just the fact that nobody knew what the hell these things were is reason enough for people to be concerned. So my thought process was like, well, this is on the news. This is, this is all over the Colorado news. It's been on CNN. It's been on the morning show. I mean, this news has been pretty saturated with this drone story. So 
don't you think if somebody was legitimately operating these massive these drones are probably you know about probably about ten thousand dollars a piece i would guess they're not cheap these big 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 drones like that are not inexpensive they cost a lot of money and when you're talking about multiples of those this has to be some kind of corporation company or government it's not a single individual I don't believe that has the money to do the, the kind of operation that's been going on. I'd be on shooting there. that shit down. People have talked about shooting them down. They've told law enforcement, like, listen, this thing's flying over my house. Can I shoot it down? They're like, no, 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 you can't shoot it down. And this is the reasoning they gave them because it's a flying, it's an aircraft. So it follows under the FAA guidelines, which means that if you shoot it down, it'd be like you're shooting down a plane. Okay, to me, if that is what the law says, that is total, absolute bullshit. Because planes have to be have markings clearly marked on them. They have to follow flight. They have to follow a uh, flight plan. You know. So So these drones are flying over and have cameras attached to them. Can survey these people's property, peer into their properties, do whatever they want basically, and they expect you not to shoot them down. Well, that's a little bullshit. If you if you fly anything anywhere near my house that has a camera on it, I'm shooting that shit down. (laughs) You're not getting footage of me doing whatever. In West Virginia, you might get away with it. but this is the problem. This is the bigger problem when you back up and look at the story. So this has been going on now for over a month. Now the FBI, at the behest of the citizens who are enraged about it, not enraged, I wouldn't say enraged, but they're they're very anxious about it. They've been a lot nicer than I would have been, but... Oh, me too. Absolutely. Especially now, since, you know, a lot of these people who are having these drones flown over their property have farmland. Right. And I mean, not to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist or anything, but wouldn't it be a perfect plan for any kind of corporate farm to just fly drones over their land and destroy their crops to have better business? I mean, if I were a farmer, that's immediately what I would think is, look, you're flying your your drones over my property and you have no good reason for why you would be doing that. So I'm immediately suspicious you're trying to ruin what I have here. Like, right. I can't believe that that they're not investigating this quicker and finding out who the hell this shit belongs to. Well, as to. far as the cameras being on them, no one, can, no one's actually gotten a really uh, close enough look or picture of one. They have, there's lots of videos out there if you want to go check it out. There's lots of videos of these drones, but they're at night and the people can't really get a clear enough, you know, zoomed up picture to even see if there's, uh, you know, marks on them or if they have cameras or what. And my thought is, like, how do you know it doesn't have a weapon attached to it then? If you can't tell me who is flying it, where it's coming from, or anything else about it, how do you know it doesn't have a weapon attached to it? Which means right. I we've should seen, feel like... We've seen people on YouTube that can attach guns, sure. weapons, anything to these Absolutely. drones. So it can be done. I mean, and as far as, you know, just think about this for a second. Soleimani was taken out by a drone. So you're telling these people in Colorado, oh, just relax. Don't shoot them out of the sky. I'm sure there's a legitimate reason. How do you know that? You don't, you can't tell me that because you don't know anything. You've got law enforcement out there saying they don't know what it is. That now the FBI is involved and the FAA is involved. And like I said, if it was a legitimate use of these drones, whoever owns them would have come forward and said, listen, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was causing a problem, that I was making people afraid. I own them, I'm operating them at night because I'm doing this, doing that. Some company would have come out by now and said, calm down everybody, it's me. But that's not happened. 
So there's only one of two options here. Either it is the government and they're lying through their teeth that they don't want people to know what they're doing with these drones. Um, well, I'll give you three options. It could be a corporation that the government is aware of and they're covering for that corporation because they could be testing some kind of military equipment or whatever. The third option is that the government actually doesn't fucking know who's flying these drones. That is a terrifying concept that we have such a shitty security system when it comes to these drones that we went halfway around the world and, you know, murdered somebody with one, but we haven't got our own defense systems to where we even know who's like, like I said, these are big drones. Are they, per were they purchased? I mean, I would think like from an investigator standpoint, if somebody's flying a drone with a six foot, uh, like span, there's not like a ton of millions of people buying those things, right? So when you have a crime committed and you have a shoe print, what do you do? You go to the manufacturer of the shoe and you say, listen, this is a shoe that was at the scene. Where is this shoe sold? Who bought it? You know what I mean? You try to use that uh, to find out who your market is. This is a very expensive item and there's multiples of them. So you mean to tell me that the FBI and FAA can't figure out who has the means to purchase a dr I mean, it just, to me, it seems like a big cover-up because this why can't from, you find this shit out? This is from the denverchannel.com. It says, Colorado to deploy more teams to investigate mystery drones after close call with medical helicopter. This right. on the 9th. Because, and that was another thing because people that fly medical helicopters were like, listen, these are in our airspace and we don't know where we're going to encounter them. They could come up on us out of nowhere and cause an actual freaking accident. Now, they're flying below most, most commercial airline flights, okay? They're not up that high. But the point is... They did report. This medical helicopter reported that there was a drone coming at them, and it was in dangerous proximity to, to them. Right. So, um, I know there's a lot of reports saying, oh, we're not finding anything criminal and this and that and the other, but I don't understand how that could be if you're It's a serious hazard. You're literally endangering Let me tell you, how much damage do you think a six-foot-across dr drone is going to cause if it crashes out of the sky because of a malfunction on top of your kid or your car or your house or whatever now at that point of course you're probably gonna it's probably gonna have a serial number that you're gonna be able to determine who owns it but isn't that is that what we're waiting for like i don't get it i really don't get it so we're gonna keep on this story and we'll let you know what develops out of that um but i just think it's kind of to me it's just it's gone on for too long for the government to keep saying like we really don't know who it is now they're claiming that there were that these drones were being launched from a mobile, uh, from basically from like a semi truck, that they're inside of a semi truck and the location of where they're being launched from is, is uh is moving, so they're looking for this now this moving launch pad semi truck type vehicle, that they might be la launching from different locations, what the hell? So anyway. It's crazy, and uh, we're going to keep following that story. So, let's see. Then we got the Putin story of the week, is that Putin is replacing a bunch of people in his government, and people who are kind of experts on Russia believe that he may be plotting to become president for life, just like Xi did in China. Hmm. Wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Right. So, I'm keeping an eye on that business. And then, let's see here. The next thing we have to talk about is, since we 
I wanted, since we're talking about lies, I looked up, uh, you know, the logical fallacies. I'm sure you covered this in speech class, no? Logical fallacies? You might have heard people mention a couple different kinds of logical fallacies. Basically, what a logical fallacy is, is that it's a way when you're debating to, you throw an argument out there, but it's not a valid argument. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So the media uses these kind of, uh, you know, tactics all the time as well. And it's, it's, sometimes it could actually be a lie, but sometimes it's just a way of not telling the truth. Because what you're doing is you're shifting factual, logical argument. Kind of to, like a uh, straw man argument. Yes, exactly. And most people have heard some of these, so we're just going to go through them real quick. And like I said, when you're listening to stories, you're listening to someone talk, we really have to start engaging our critical thinking skills because you're being manipulated all the time by the media, by corporate media, by government media, propaganda. It's, it's, it's like literally every single way, every place that you look. Twitter, you know, and actually, Facebook. people do it too. And I don't even think some people realize they're, they're doing it. Um, and you see this all the time when you try to have debates with someone and they use the, um, I don't know what you would call it, the like, hey, we'll look over there. Like, like well, Trump did this. Oh, well, Obama did this. And it's like, right. okay, well, we're not talking about Obama. Right, deflection. And it's like, mm-hmm. they just deflect and try to get you to argue over this and that to to avoid talking about the actual subject matter. Right. And I don't even think people realize they do that, but no. I'm like, you know. And actually, when you look at these logical fallacies, this is my personal feeling about it, is, and I kind of learned this when I went through therapy, because I went, to, went through therapy trying to, you know, do a transition from my crazy life to like a healthy life. And I asked my therapist, listen, I don't think I'm a stupid person. I think I'm kind of average intelligence, but I keep doing the same dumb things in my life. And I don't understand, mostly with relationships, why I keep repeating the same mistakes over and over. And she looks at me and she says, well, are you using logic and intelligence when you make these decisions? (laughs) Are you using emotion? I'm like, well, all right, you got me on that one. So basically you can be a smart person, but if your emotions get involved in something, you throw logic out the window. And human beings, by and large, I I think, are emotional creatures, you know. Uh, we, We like to think that we're logical and we like to think we have our facts, but emotion is so much easier to conjure than facts and logic. So we react emotionally. To actually focus on facts and logic, you have to slow down and you have to actually, I mean, I'm sure there are some people who, who are good at that, but but most people by It takes the practice yes. to do that. That's what I was thinking the other day. You know, I don't know why um, it seems like, especially people in my generation, I'm sure it's not just my generation, but millennials, tend to have this bad habit of thinking that they but first of all that their opinion is super relevant like everyone wants to know what their opinion is and like I don't mean to be that guy but for the majority it doesn't fucking matter you know what I mean like you are just one person and you know what I mean not that everybody can't have their own opinion but like Mm -hmm. you just have to I, I had to accept when I started doing podcasts writing doing whatever that not everybody gives a shit what you have to say right you know what I mean it's just part of it right but not only do they not realize that they also have this made-up belief that as soon as something happens, they have to have an opinion on it right now mm-hmm. to put it out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is so detrimental. Like, you need to step back. You're right. Read about what you're talking about, then formulate an opinion. Well, you guys have kind of grown up in the era of 
No, Facebook wasn't the first one. It was like what, MySpace. MySpace and whatever. Yeah. But people in your generation have grown up with kind of being your own self-promoters, kind of living in that uh, internet world where you're you're an exhibitionist, but also a voyeur. You know, so it's like you have a character that you're you maintain and you have to know what you're going to say and how you're going to perform. And you're absolutely right to look unsure about something is considered kind of not cool. It's like scary. Right. I don't I don't get that. I guess. um, I don't know. I don't understand the whole maintaining a character, but Mm -hmm. I get flack all the time because of the way I use my social media and uh, it blows my mind. I was just. Not to distract from your point, we'll go right back to it, but I was just ranting the other day on Twitter because it blows my mind. It seems like the same people who I see that post things like suicide hotlines and, you know, they're trying to pretend like they're interested in mental health, like, oh, I care, like, then turn around and are the same people that are like, Facebook's not a diary, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, well, if you genuinely want people to just talk about their problems in whatever way is helping them, why would you turn around and shit on them for it? Right. You know what I mean? It's just so fake and it's so surface level that when you start to dive deeper into it, because people get so involved in Facebook that it ends up, you know, showing their whole life, that we start to see that the surface is not what it has presented itself to be. And then everybody, you just look fake. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. I know. Well, you know what I call it? To Facebook. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not that, um, I don't know. I share all kinds of things and go on tangents and make jokes and I don't I just don't hide who I am on social media at all. I mean, I don't know what the point of having it is if you're just going to pretend to be something that you're not. I I don't know. But anyway, back to your point. So the the uh logical fallacies. Yes. There's um the appeal to emotion, which I put that one first, which makes sense, because, you know, basically um, you're saying to somebody, uh, you know, this thing is so awful that you have to be against it. Well, that's not logical because everybody has a subjective opinion about what's awful, what's not awful, and th- that that really has nothing to do with fact. You're just saying, like, look, isn't your feeling so terrible? This example is when you're in a, when you're in a trial, you, you know, you go to be a jury, uh, serve jury duty and I've never been called for ju- jury duty which is weird because like people tell me they've been called 50 times and I'm yeah I get called all the time but I always get disqualified for working in a law, a law office yeah like I've never once ever in my life been called for jury duty for anything um and I kind of like to because I think it'd be an interesting experience but one of the things that they'll do in court is if um if say there's a murder that's happened and the pictures are extremely graphic of the murder They'll try to have that evidence not shown to the jury. Instead, they'll try to get like a drawing and they'll show you where the injuries were. Because what they say is that if a jury sees something so awful that it automatically prejudices them against the defendant because they're like, someone has to pay for this crime. This crime is so, you know what I mean? So it's kind of under that thought that you're, and, and prosecutors, if they believe this person did that crime, they want that evidence to come out. Right. So the jury does have, not, not so the jury has prejudice against the person, but they're saying, look, this was awful that this person did. But the point of the case is the logic and the facts, it has to be that person. Right, exactly. So that's what, why appeal to emotion is bad. The argument itself has to be examined, not how you feel about it. So then there's appeal to authority, and this is obviously what, you know, Trump's, a lot of Trump's base does. Uh, they believe in Trump because it's Trump. 
He could tell them the craziest shit in the world with no facts, no logic, no nothing, but he is their authority. They have decided he's their authority and they follow him blindly. That's appeal to authority. Same thing if you're watching a, a, you know, a makeup commercial and it's some famous actress. Well, she knows how to put on makeup. She's an authority in it. So I'm going to listen to her that if I buy this makeup, I'm going to look like her. That's appeal to authority. And then you got the slippery slope argument. And this is the one I love to bring up about gay marriage because you got these conservatives out there who are like, if we allow gay people to get married, the next thing you know, they'll be trying to marry their dog. Just watch. It'll happen. They're nuts. Yeah, okay? they are nuts. The slippery slope is probably the most irritating argument ever. So... Yeah, just the domino effect. Like, if you let one thing happen, oh my God, the next thing's going to happen. And it's like, no, Which it's Which I feel like not. is also just a fear tactic. Like, what? well, fear-mongering is a, it's a great tactic. To also, you have people. this with the gun debate. Because and they'll first say... It's, first, it's fully automatic weapons. Next, it'll be handguns. Like, okay, well, that's right. a pretty big leap, but okay. I mean, but we don't let people have bazookas, right? We don't right. let people have fully automatic machine guns. Like, they're... So, dude, what we're saying is there is a line. All we're doing is having a debate about where that line should be. It doesn't mean, like, when, I don't even know when it was that we outlawed civilians having machine guns. I'm sure at some point there had to be a law that said, yeah, you can't just bring your machine gun back from Vietnam and, like, keep it. Like, I'm sure, I don't know when that law was passed that said civilians can't have machine guns. But at some point we made a law that said you couldn't do that. Now, I don't know how much objection there was to moving the line to you can't have a machine gun. But my point is that just because you're moving a line doesn't mean you're going to 100% all out abolishment. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, on the abortion debate, people say, well, we think that you shouldn't be able to have abortions like past the point of this point or that point. And this has, you know, been a part, part of the abortion debate. And some of the and I, I, t I tend to use the term pro-abortion because, and I, it's an inflammatory thing, so I won't say that. But, like, the people who support abortion rights, um, they'll say, well, if you cut off third trimester abortions, then the next thing you know, women won't be able to go to school. <laughs> like, they, right, they yeah, call it, it is the same. I, I think They that go the extreme time. about it. Like, women's pro-choice means a woman, if a woman does not have the right to have an abortion, she has no rights at all. And it's like, it's, 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 just calm down. Like, yeah. That's not what we're saying. Uh, people do go on that, because I am pro-choice. I don't think it's my business to make that decision for someone else. But I have had debates with my brother who is extremely... Um, Again, I would say anti-choice, pro-birth. <laughs> He's pro-birth. No, I would but, say uh, that it, I would. No, it would be it fair to call him just anti-abortion because he believes in the death penalty. So that's not pro-life. Yeah, he's not. He's not pro-life. He's anti-abortion. I mean, he's just anti-abortion. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would say that's it. But um, you know, another you say pro-abortion. I say pro-birth. I prefer pro-life because I feel like I'm pro-like life to the point of. You have to take care of the baby after it's born, and a lot of pro-life people don't are just in the like death penalty. Um, I I have changed my mind on the death penalty. I used to believe in the death penalty, but I would say that I could still believe in it if it was unequivocally like the person admitted, like the guy that that murdered Undeniable his two daughters. Evidence, yeah. He admits it, and he was there, and he gave details about it. There's literally open shut, no question that this person did it. 
But I've also seen the criminal justice system malign, especially yeah. people of color, to the point where they're in jail and there's literally exculpatory evidence that they should be out. And it's happened too many times that racism has been involved in people being put on even death row and not being allowed to get off. So that's the reason I'm against the death penalty now. But if it's if you could show me that it's beyond a reason, then I would say, yeah, I'm fine with And I feel like that that, that is a pro-life position. People say, well, how can you feel that the death penalty is a pro-life position? I say, well, that person took another person's life. And if you want to say that life has a value at all, then you have to say, what is the cost of that life? And it's that person's life. See, I always make the joke that some people are pro-birth because they want the kid to be born but then don't give a shit about it after it's born. Oh, absolutely. That's like 98% you know? of Republicans because they're like, no welfare, no welfare, but we want you to have that baby. Right, or like Republicans that are like, no same-sex couples are allowed to adopt kids. And it's like, oh, good, just keep them in an awful foster cancer system their entire life. Like, that right. works too, so I joke you know, pro-birth, but uh, I've had discussions with my brother who is very um, pro-life, if you'll say, um, and we are just opposite ends of the spectrum, and even he and I could come to a, you know, agreement that if the heartbeat signifies the end of life, then a heartbeat can signify the beginning of life, um, and so just cut it off after that point you know still make it legal and accessible and whatever to anybody who needs one and then when the heartbeat starts um you know then that's it and you can give it up for adoption or whatever and you know i mean me personally if i was writing the law i'd probably keep it at eight or 12 weeks um but we can't that's this is the thing about politics that just no we're never going to come to any agreement on that there's always going to be people that are pro-choice and always going to be people who are pro-life okay well right and so I, this, why don't our representatives just come together and be like all right you're not going to be happy because we're going to shorten the time period you could have one and you're not going to be happy because people are still allowed to have them but this is what we call a happy medium so we can put this fucking to bed right. and move on but they don't want to do that because abortion and gun control are the two issues that they use to keep the working class democrats at each other's throats yeah. yes because a lot of working class people would be Democrats, but they don't agree with gun control and abortion. So they want to keep all those working class Democrats from fighting for their workers' rights. So they put the, push them into the Republican camp, which is such a ploy. I do have to give it to them. It's pretty brilliant to do that. Now, me, as far as the, the pro-life, my feeling is that um, when you say, well, we can't come to an agreement on, we could probably come to an agreement on this. No woman sets out to get pregnant just to have the fun of having an abortion. Right, exactly. It's not a pleasant experience. And it's not a cheap thing either, so. It's it's something that a woman doesn't want to intentionally do. So if you say that you don't, women, if pro-choice women could acknowledge that we women don't want to have abortions, that they have to have them sometimes, then I think that we could understand, like, well, what, what are the reasons driving women to have to go through that experience? And can we, can we take care of and love those women and help them to the point that they don't feel like they have to? And also the expanse of, like, all birth control should be 100% free. Yeah, even and they have proven in states where they've made it accessible and free and they have good sex education that the abortion rates and the teen pregnancy rates just absolutely plummet to almost yeah, nothing. Yeah, and the day after pill should be like, you should be able to walk in and just be like, hey, I want one. And the pharmacy should just hand it to you. Like, there right. shouldn't even be any question. Like, Let's here's a pamphlet, read shit. it, read the warnings on it, but here you go. That way, you know, a, a lot of this whole debate would just be eliminated. But it is a sad thing because I feel like once any issue becomes political, logic and facts 
are not even being looked at anymore. It's just people screaming at each other, calling someone a baby killer, calling someone a religious nutbag. And it just, we don't ever get anywhere. So all of us have to start looking at these issues and questioning our own selves about why do I feel this way? And could I negotiate and just, you know, examine yourself. Okay, so the next one is ad hominem attack. What this is, is just a personal attack on the person who's making the argument. So, you know, uh, Trump back in 2016 said, I think it was about Carly Fiorina. He said, look at that face. Could you, could you vote for that face? And it was just, it was just attack on her appearance. It had nothing to do with the actual facts at hand. It was just the ignorant slam on someone's personal personality effect. You know what I mean? It's just, that's an ad hominem attack. Okay. False cause is correlation is not causation. So I hear this all the time in a gun debate where people are saying like, well, if we reduce the number of guns, we'll reduce the number of gun violence. No, you won't. Because if you actually look at the factual statistics on where gun violence occurs, I think it's Wyoming has the highest number of guns, like per capita, per head, per purse, per ownership. Okay. They don't have violence out there. But then you look at you know, communities where they have really strict gun laws and have tried to restrict the number of firearms and they still have violence there. So there's, it's a complicated issue. My point is whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, whatever, you have to stick to facts. You can't just say, well, I found this one statistic. My statistics teacher used to tell me there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Well, and here's the thing too, that a lot of people, well, first of all, I just want to address the fact that I'm so sick of the label that people put on me because I just feel like um, I don't like labels. I never like labels when it comes to anything. And I hate that I've gained this label of the super left person because no one, none of my peers really listen to the political things that I have to say or talk about history. They all just kind of like block it out and poke fun at me. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. You know, I'm serious talk. I, I don't really care. If you don't want to have a serious discussion about it, I'm not going to force it on anybody. But I was shocked to learn that the, my friends who tease me and always call me a crazy socialist or whatever, I said something about uh, pro-gun rights. And they were like, oh, you're a socialist. You can't believe in gun rights. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of uh, mushy left that you've been fed by following people on Facebook, but real people mm-hmm. who are on the progressive side know that eventually there's a revolution. Right. And people who lead revolutions have weaponry. So right. I don't know what you're lumping me in with, but you're wrong about it. Um, but the other point I was going to make is that they say, uh, this is from lawcentergiffords.org, and each year 36,383 Americans die from gun violence. And the left quotes that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But what they don't tell you is that 61% of that is suicide. Suicide, absolutely. Okay, so more than half of it mm-hmm. is suicide. It's not, so when they quote that number, 36,000 and some, 22,000 of those are suicides. And when, okay, so that only, that only brings to the fact that up the horrible state of mental illness and treatment in our in our in exactly our so how about instead of i don't understand why the left comes at this like oh the only answer is to ban guns i don't know why they don't put the republicans in a corner like okay keep the guns but clearly there's an issue here with, with mental health with mental health and you know what trump was so quick to say that the last shooting that happened was not about um you know, gun violence, it was about mental health. Of course, he, he does take a big check from the NRA, so that's expected. Okay, but then if you're going to say that it's because of mental health, what are you doing for mental health? Nothing. Right, exactly. Nothing. So, 
that's a joke. But so the 22,000, about 61% is gun suicides. 35% is gun homicides. Uh, 496, um, less than 2%, is law enforcement shootings. Less than 2% is unintentional shootings. And uh, less than 1% is undetermined. But yes, the, the most of them are suicides. And um, I believe that... I'd have to find it on a website here, but I do believe that people who are most likely to commit suicide are men um, over 45 or over 50 or something. So it's crazy to me that when, you know, you picture the stereotypical Republican and you think white older man, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the like stereotype. But these people are also the ones that the guns do the most harm to. Um because this is the t- statistics for people who commit suicide and right. most gun deaths are suicides. So I don't know why they don't bring that point up on the right. You know, instead of saying things like, well, we need to be armed because what if the government comes after us and looking like a crazy person? A legitimate argument would be you can't use that statistic because in our country, most gun deaths are suicides. Right, like you so let's use, take it back to the mental health aspect. You can you know? use the Second Amendment argument that you have to have a gun to protect yourself from the government because I fully believe that. But... Actually, leftists should be the ones making that. That's what I'm saying because we're the disenfranchised party. That's like, listen, we want free college, we want free healthcare, we want this, we want that, and it's like we're getting. Don't say free, say government funded. Oh, you know what I mean. I know. I was just (laughs) making this comparison today, where I'm like, you know, when people say free healthcare, and they're like, ooh, nothing's free, and I'm like, I'm just gonna start referring to like the army and any kind of military support that we have as free. Free military. Yeah, free military. We have free protection. Because I get so. Somebody just told me that like right before we started recording, sent me a message saying that like, oh, socialists they want free stuff, and I'm just like, okay, it's not free. It's government funded. What we're saying is we want our tax dollars to go to these things instead of these things. That's not that crazy. No, it's not fucking crazy at all. So, false cause, yeah, correlation is not causation. So then, a loaded question is asking a question that has an assumption built into it. So if I ask you, Maya, how many times a week do you kick your dog? Like, you can't answer that question without making the implication that you, first of all, that you kick your dog. You know what I'm saying? Usually they say beat your wife, but I thought, you know, you don't have a wife, so I'd say kick your dog. Not that you know of. (laughs) Not that I know of. But, um, yeah, so it's it's asking a question that already has a huge implication that the person can't answer it without, you know, to get around that. So that's the loaded question. And then there's the argument of incredulity, which is basically saying, like, that's just, I can't believe that because it's so impossible. Like, that's not a logical argument. Just because something sounds completely impossible doesn't mean it can't also be true because some impossible, you know, shit has turned out to be true. Okay, confirmation bias. This is a big problem. Only including results that you like in your analysis. So you're seeking out information to back up your claim as opposed to looking at all of the evidence and saying rationally and based on the evidence. And this is also used in the gun debate because they'll look up a bunch of statistics and throw them out there and make it sound like a sound argument. When you actually get into those statistics, they're total bullshit. Like when they say how many school shootings there are, a year and you right, find and out that the school that shooting like, is like a cop accidentally discharging his weapon in the parking lot or something yeah like, like it's not yeah. oh well, that was a school shooting no that wasn't a school shooting so yeah there's manipulation and and but but if you want that statistic right if you want that data 
you'll have confirmation bias and say, I'm going to let that in. They also call it cherry picking, you know, cherry picking your data. Okay, so false dichotomy. This one I hear all the time. So it's basically like you give somebody two choices to pick from. And you say, well, uh, okay, George Force Bush. them to pick the lesser of two evils. Well, sort of, but like George Bush used to say about us going over to fight in Iraq and the terrorism. Well, we have to fight him over there or else we'll be fighting him here. So he's giving no you two evidence choices. That, that would actually happen. Right. So he's giving you two choices. Either you let me go kill these people clear around the world and spend bazillions and trillions of dollars to do it and don't ask any questions while I do it live. Or they'll get me up, up next year and moving in next door to you. Like it's ridiculous. But this is the thing to ba- get people's emotions on the extremes is to give them the false dichotomy. Uh, kettle logic is using multiple unrelated arguments to win a debate. Your brother is an expert, expert at kettle logic. As soon as I start to hone this boy in on a, that he's wrong about one fact, he totally jumps off the tracks into (laughs) a complete separate line. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Can we go back to that point you were fucking wrong about? Can we do that? Yeah, he probably gets that from our dad because he's the same exact way. I was just having a debate with him today. I don't know why he tries to start these arguments with me all the time. We're talking about Lizzo. I don't know if you know who Lizzo is, but she's this um, big singer. And she's just like, I I guess she made Jillian Michaels or Julian Michaels or whatever her name is, the workout lady, apparently made some comment about her weight. And it's just sparked this big like internet debate. And he's like trying to talk to me about this. And he's like, what do you think? You know, I don't think what she said is wrong. I mean, if she's overweight, then that's what it is. And I was like, frankly, I don't give a shit. And he's like, well, I mean, what do you... And I'm like, no, 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 Let me stop you there. I don't give a shit how fat Lizzo is. I don't care. I don't care. I'm like, he always tries to bring up these arguments to the to me about all this irrelevant shit that goes on. And I'm like, listen, unless you're here to discuss with me the state of our country, um, you know, the fact that we're teetering on war with other countries, uh, free health care or go- government-paid health care or college... I really don't have a fucking interest in what else is going on. Really, this is what you want to talk about. I don't give a shit how fat anyone is, especially not Lizzo. (laughs) End of story. I wish more people my age would take that from, you know, everyone always says that uh, different presidents use celebrities to distract you from shit that's going on. And please, God, I hope that my generation does not fall into that. Can mm-hmm. we not? I seriously just don't understand some of the shit these, these people talk about. That's such a distraction. Oh, I don't have time to read up on politics. Yes, you do. Yeah. If Turn you the just, fucking TV yeah, off stop and worrying stop about reading what, about fucking you know. the Kardashians or yes, whatever. Exactly. You can have that stuff if you enjoy it, but it's not an excuse to be fucking ignorant. No. Right. Drives me insane. Why do you give a shit about what celebrity is dating another celebrity? That shit is not going to matter in 10 years. It's crazy. Because, like, you know, a show will come on, like, Sean in the morning watches the local news, and after he goes off to work, like, the TV's still on. And I'm, like, on my computer and stuff, and I don't notice the TV's on. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, Entertainment Tonight or some shit will be on. And I'm, like, this is, like, brain rot. Like, why do people watch this? like Peter Griffin. He's, like, who the hell cares? (laughs) It's irrelevant. Like, one thing I saw this week, and I'll mention this, is a documentary called Pump Dry. Totally scary. It's about the water table in the earth and how, like, people drilling wells 
have to keep drilling deeper and because deep, the water supply under the ground is literally just being depleted by farming and everything. It's crazy because there's people in different places in the world that are actually fighting over the water in the ground because it's depleting that. Oh, yeah, why yeah, isn't I, this on the news? I briefly read about this because the owner of Nestle or whatever was like, yes. yeah, we have claim to this water. And the people were like, fuck you, we don't have water. Like, yeah. you want to just yeah. take it and bottle yeah. it and have to sell it to us? Like, like, the people were actually, like, one of the places was in Peru, and the people were actually about to get into a fight because a company had bought a piece of land by where all these farmers were. And they were drilling down so deep to get the water that that was the farmers were going to get like, have no water to like even grow crops to live on. So it's it's insane that the, but the news where's the news talking about the water and it's happening in Kansas and California, a lot of places in the U.S. Not on the news. Well, and again, I know I touched on this when we talked about Dupont, um, but West Virginia has. It says uh, majority of West Virginia counties and bottom third nationally for safe drinking water. Um, because I hear about Flint, Michigan all the time, and it's not that they don't have sympathy for those people, but it's happening here, too, and it disgusts me that no representatives in West Virginia even talk about this. Like, we still have counties where the water is so toxic that people don't want to drink it. Yeah. I mean, in a country where in some places we flush potable water that could be, you could drink toilet water here. Mm-hmm. We flush it. But then we have counties and, and different states that, that don't have clean drinking water. I mean, what insane. the fuck is our country? I don't it's understand. Crazy. But yeah, if you get time, watch that documentary, Pump Dry. It's pretty crazy. And the last one is, I mean, there's a ton of these. There's probably like 100 uh, different logical fallacies, but these are just the ones I want to touch on. So appeal to tradition is, well, it's always been that way. We can't change it because it's always been that way. The status quo, Joe, that's all I'm going to say about that one. But... Um, and probably have to go into this next week because we're about out of time. But I was going to go into some of the lies involved in the Iraq war since we're going, we're deciding already we're trying to go into a war with Iran. It's just crazy. Maybe we'll do a whole Middle East segment yeah. next week since yeah. this is all going on. Because there is a lot to talk about. So what do we know about lies? Trust no one. <laughs> That's our motto here. Trust no one. Don't even trust yourself. If you feel something... Make sure it's backed up by fact, because you can be duped. All right, Nick sounds like Fox Forever <laughs> now. I think it's time to put this to bed. Um, no, but I agree 100%. I agree. It is pretty bad, like, when you live in a society, time in society where you're, like, checking yourself. Like, sometimes I'm like, am I, am I doing that, too? Like, I don't want to do that. And it's, like, really hard to know. But I, always- I have to check myself all the time because – just like earlier when you talk about those drones and the first thing that comes to my mind is it's probably monsanto poisoning their I knew crops you were thinking that when you and said I'm like, flying over oh god i'm so insane i have to stop like <laughs> immediately go to like the worst thing but i mean it's hard not to be paranoid when you read about all the shit that has happened and oh like the like, jet fuel i was gonna mention that too the jet fuel getting all the jet on the streams kids. or whatever no, oh no the- I didn't so, hear about this. Out in California, this plane took off. It was headed for, I think, Singapore somewhere really like, super far away. So it had, was loaded down with fuel, like absolutely full of fuel. And something happened to where they needed to, the plane needed to turn around and land. Like it wasn't like it was going to crash, but like they were like, okay, we need to, we can't go all the way. We have to turn around. So to land, they had to dump some fuel because when you land a plane, I'm guessing. It be lighter, yeah. Yeah. The disbursement of the weight when you're coming down, whatever, could be dangerous. So normally pilots will go up to like really, really high to drop this fuel and they circle around so that it's like dispersed over a very large area. 
Well, they're supposed to like be no lower than I think 20,000 feet, according to the one woman that was commenting on it. They were at like 2,300 feet. <gasps> and these kids, like in like four or five different schools right there, got just <laughs> dumped with fucking airplane jet fuel. jet fuel. Oh my God. And they were on the playground. Did they get like they had chemical like, burns or anything? They had like, some of them had to be treated for minor injuries from eyes and be breathing in the stuff. And so it was like, what the like so oh my god i hope their parents sue the fuck out of that airline it's just like what is wrong with you but when you you're saying like you hate to go to the worst possible thing like that incident right there reminded me of like operation sea spray where the cia over people like it's no we just know too much yeah we know too much we just know too much that uh (laughs) i'm getting to that lone gunman state of mind (laughs) You guys will tune in next week, and Duke and I will just be like hiding under the table, like we can't talk right now. We're being watched. This is not a secure line. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is all we have this week. We will see you next week. And this is Duke signing off. And this is Mick signing off. 